0: What's good, everybody? What's good, what's good, what's good, everybody? Just getting everything set up here. Getting everything set up on the check-in really quickly here. Hope everybody's doing well today. The market has been bloody, but we will prevail. We will prevail. It's a perfect opportunity to learn how to trade for yourself.
1: Getting everything set up on Instagram. What's good, Instagram? About to go
0: live on YouTube, so come over here to YouTube when you're ready. Getting everything set up here. so what's good everybody welcome again to another live stream
1: edition of the trade for yourself podcast my mission here is very simple my goal here is to help you guys learn how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourselves okay before we even get into anything stock market related i just want to go ahead and just really show love to this trade for yourself community I have reached over 50 subscribers on YouTube, so I really, truly want to appreciate. I really want to thank everybody for really, truly tapping in because I've only been doing this for three to four months now, and so I do not take any subscriber lightly. I appreciate everything that y'all have done for me. Please continue to like, subscribe, share. Please hit that notification bell because my goal is to is to continue to give the information out to the people. Okay, that's that's the main goal here. So, thank you again. And so, let's go ahead and tap in and let's get into this market information here, okay? So, the title of this video, the title of this live stream is, have we found a bottom in the stock market yet? Okay? Short answer, I don't know. Okay? I don't know. Nobody knows the day nor the hour, right? I have no idea if we found a bottom. But there are some clues there are some indicators there are some things that we can look at to determine if there's a bottom or if it's not okay and just because we don't find a bottom okay just because even if we were to bleed lower we can still trade and we can still make money in this stock market do not get it twisted just because the market is bleeding down does not mean that we cannot make money here in this stock market now one more housekeeping item. This live stream is meant to be interactive. Okay. So please, please reach out to me in the live chat. If you got a question, please ask a question. I will answer it to you on live. Okay. I will answer your question on live. I do have an agenda of some things that I'm going to go through, but if anybody has a question, please do not hesitate to ask it on the live. Okay. So to start this off, let me go ahead and
0: share my screen really quickly here, and let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, so I got my screen shared. So to really, truly
1: start this off, we're going to start off with the charts, okay? So we got a lot of macro economic things going on, a lot of geopolitical risk. We've got a lot of global risk out here in the stock market. So. When we're trading, we got to start off by looking at the charts, okay? So I've got a chart here. I'm using trade view, trading view, and this is a chart of the S&P 500 index, okay? So we're going to go through a step-by-step analysis of how to look at a chart and how you should put, and how you should potentially trade. So whenever you are trying to figure out a trade, you have to go from the higher time frames down to the lower time frames because we have to figure out the true direction for the asset okay the true direction so the S&P 500 index is 500 of the largest companies in the US and this is pretty much the microcosm of the market this is what we use to describe the stock market so on trading view i'm going to start off here by going to the monthly time frame. Okay? The monthly time frame here. Okay? So, to start off here, this is for my long-term investors. First of all, we should all be rooted in the long term. Okay? We are trying to build wealth by design over time. We are looking at the long term Okay, this is a monthly chart. Every single one of these red and green candles represent the monthly performance for the S&P 500 over this period of time. Okay, we are now at the end of April. You know, the last trading day for April is this Friday. Since 1996 up until now, the stock market has been up and to the right. We've had some dips, we've had some peaks, we've had some valleys but we have been up into the right pretty much for the last 30 40 50 100 years that's why for my long-term investors if i ever if you ever if you don't listen to anything else that i say in terms of advice for the stock market please please buy the S&P 500 every single month ticker symbol SPLG or ticker symbol SPY allocate a portion of your monthly income every single month to the stock market and buy it every single month, dollar cost average. In 10, 15, 20 years, you will be fine. If you just want to beat inflation and have growth on your money, do that. If you do that, you will put yourself in a position and you will put your family in a position to be successful. Okay, remember that. So to start off, I wanna look at this from the long-term perspective, okay? And when I'm looking at this from the long-term perspective, I'm looking at key levels, key levels of support and key levels of resistance. And when I've talked about support and resistance in the past, I don't think that I have really spoken about it eloquently, okay? Let me explain
0: it a little more in depth, and let me explain this further, okay? So... So, so this is a monthly time frame, and I marked off some support levels. So
1: I marked off a support level of 4,162.90. Now support is a level that the stock came down to and bounced off of. It came down to that level and then bounced off of it. Pretty much what that means is at a support level, that is where buyers are entering the market. The buyer's, pretty much see that see the stock coming down to this level and they want to enter at this level of support that is where you see a lot of buyers coming in at that level. so let's go from the monthly time frame down to the weekly time frame. okay on the weekly time frame it's still the same thing up and to the right and we still have these same support levels we just see more price action we just we just got more candles and we got more price action but this support level is still relevant this resistance level i have at 4637.30 that's still relevant okay now let's go to the daily time frame on the daily time frame okay daily time frame over the last year The stock market has really been consolidating. It's really, truly been consolidating. If you look at it, we've been trading in a range, y'all, for the last year. (laughs) We have gone up and we have came down. So we have went to resistance. So what is resistance? Resistance is a level that the stock ascends to. It ascends to a level and it bounces off of that level. What that means is when a stock goes to resistance, that means sellers are exiting the market at this level. People that own the asset at that level, they are selling at that level and they are getting out of there. Okay. So you got a resistance level. So when you look at charts, you want to read the charts from right to left. Okay. Because right to left shows you the more the most accurate. It shows you the most up-to-date time frames. Okay. So so we came down to this level of 4,162.90. We've really came down to this level four times, came down to this level February 24th, came down to it again, March 8th, came down to it again, March 14th. We're back at it again, came down to it yesterday, came down to it today. And so this is strong support here. We've been at this level. In June of last year, we were at this level, okay? In, In April, May of last year, we were trading around this level. So this is hard support. A lot of buyers are entering the market at this level. Now, just like records are meant to be broken, or sometimes people say rules are meant to be broken, support levels and resistance levels are meant to be broken. Just because we came down to this level doesn't mean we're going to respect it. It doesn't mean we will not break lower but it is but but the thing is that we've got to be nimble we have to be able to move we have to be able to have we need to have be able to have freedom of movement here you can play this level you can play this level for a bounce since we've came down to it so many times you say you know what i think we're i think we're going to bounce all this level i may play this level to the upside using a call or i could wait i could wait for this, for, for the for the stock to break this level of support. And then I would enter to a put. I would play it to the downside. Now you would, now you would play to the downside on a lower time frame. The lower the time frame, that gives you the entry. Your higher time frames tell you the general trend of the market and give you and give you major support and resistance levels where major investors are coming in and out of the stock. The shorter time frames give you the ability to find price entry, find a good entry for the stock to be able to ride it up to the upside. Now, as I said previously, over the last year, we've really been trading in a channel and we've really been trading sideways, okay? And we made a previous high, the previous all-time high for the S&P 500 occurred at the beginning of trading. In January, the first week in January, we had an all-time high on the SP. And since then, we have been coming down. So, so technically, technically, the market is in a downturn. Is in a down, not a down, it's in a, it's in a downturn, but from a technical analysis standpoint, excuse me, we're in a downtrend. So a downtrend occurs when you have a series of lower highs. And lower lows. Okay, so we had a high here in January, 4,818. We came down to a low, 4,577. Came up to another small high, a lower high. We went down to a lower low. Okay, we've got a lower low here in January. This is our first lower low. This is about 4,222. We came up. We've got a lower high, and this is really considered a double top. You can almost call that a double top because we hit this level two times in a week. We, we, we hit this level two times pretty much with a week with a weak space, a weak space between them. Then we came down again to a lower low, okay, back to a lower low. Then we were hovering around this for a while, went back up to around that double top level pass it a little bit to this resistance, and now we're back down to the low. We haven't made a lower low from where we were earlier in the year, but we we are considerably in a downtrend. Let's go back to the year again. On the year, you can see we are trading sideways. We are in a channel. We are trading in a channel. So the market can really go either way at this point. We are looking at price action, to determine from a trading
0: standpoint, whether we should get in a trade or whether we should get out of trade, okay? And so since we've been doing that, I really wanna come down to like
1: a 15 minute time frame. Now this is for my day traders, okay? This is for my day traders. We're looking at a 15 minute time frame and the 15 minute time frame is really truly used for day trades, okay? We're using this for day trade. we're We're really truly using this for day trades and because I really wanna show us something here because I really wanna really put this point home for my day traders, okay? Let's go to the SPY, okay? So I've got a lot of levels here marked off on the SPY, okay? So on the SPY, 410.64, that's a major support level that I have marked off. 413.01 is a after market low. It's an after hours low. This low occurred yesterday after hours. We bounced off of this level and then we proceeded higher. Okay, We, We proceeded higher. Now, 42031, that is a pre market high. That was the pre market high for today that I marked off of because I said, hey, this is the pre market high. If we break past this level and close, then that means that we can really trade calls to the upside. Okay, we can trade calls to the upside. And then I have a level marked down 415.81. That was the intraday low. That is the low that occurred during trading, okay? During trading, that was the trading low. If we were to break and close below this level, then we can play puts to the downside. But we we wicked down briefly below this level and then trended back up. And we actually made it to a high today of 4.22, but then we trended back down and the market really, truly didn't find this direction. Now, I'm not gonna lie to you. I in. I mean I am an amateur in terms of day trading. I am still learning. Okay. But whenever I learn some information, I'll give you guys some information. Y'all can give me some feedback. Let me know if I'm doing this correctly or not. Okay. Let me check the chat real quick. I see some people in the chat. I want to give you guys your flowers. AU you Clayton. Hey, you Clayton, man, the market is bleeding. I know, man. <laughs> I know, it's bleeding. Everybody's portfolio is down. You should, you should see my leaps right now. You should see my leaps. NASCAR all out. What's good? The IPO market was extremely active today. Two big debuts in a recent IPO that crashed. Okay. I need to look into that. I am a day trader. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Maybe we need to collaborate. Or you can give me some more information on what we need to do is, as, as far as day trading so we can have some more information, but I appreciate that. Appreciate you coming in on the chat, NASCAR. Everybody that's coming in, please make sure you like the video. Please subscribe. Please share this out to some people so we can get some people here on the live check-in. So let's go back to the S&P 500 again. And like I said before, okay, the title of this video, Have We Found a Bottom? in the stock market. Okay. Have we found a bottom? To be honest, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not about to lie to you and sell you a dream and tell you that, Hey, we found the bottom. Hey, we have it. I have no idea, but there are, but there have been some macro, there have been some macro risk out there and there have been some macro events that have been affecting the stock market. Okay. So first of all, we already talked about the chart. So now let's talk about some macro events that are affecting the stock market. So yesterday, we had a horrible day in the stock market yesterday, okay? The stock market was down, the S&P 500 was down 2.81% yesterday. The NASDAQ was down almost 4%. That was the worst day for the NASDAQ since September of 2020. It was so bad you know that we had a bad day in the stock market when you start receiving alerts from CNN about the stock market. CNN is supposed to be talking about politics, supposed to be talking about world events, stuff like that. When you're getting, okay, notifications from CNN, a news source about the stock market, you know that the stock market is either riding high or it's bleeding down low. And that's what we've been doing. So one reason why is because mainland Chinese shares tumble amid COVID fears as Beijing expands testing, HSBC profit falls. So there have been a lot of COVID lockdowns that have been going on, okay, in China. China is pretty much the manufacturing hub for the globe. A lot of manufacturing gets done in China. Apple, Nike, um any other company you wanna name. Those are just top two off the top of my head because I've got positions in those two stocks. But we have a lot of manufacturing going on in China and China has been having rolling COVID lockdowns and they have been locking down the locking down the country for two weeks, all pretty much to the point to where you are not allowed to leave your home. You cannot leave your home whenever you're locked down like this. And so when you look at this from, from a perspective, There had been fears of a global slowdown because of this okay now there are a lot of theories and a lot of people have a lot of of opinions some people say the reason why china is dealing with this covid lockdown is because they chose to use their own vaccines they chose to use their own vaccines they are not using american-made vaccines and so the efficacy for those vaccines are lower which is causing them to have more outbreaks than the outbreaks that we're having over here in the United States and other parts of the globe. And so that is going to cause companies to deal with manufacturing headwinds. But what I would say is that we have been dealing with COVID-19 going on two years now. We've been dealing with different variants, all these types of things. But the one key thing is that the best companies in the world have still been able to deliver Strong profit and strong revenue. Now, I'm not taking COVID lightly here, but what I am saying is that we have been able to navigate this landscape. The best companies in the world have been able to navigate this landscape, navigate these headwinds, navigate these shutdowns. And I believe that the best companies in the world will continue to navigate those as a question.
0: Okay. Now, Third thing is, there have been concerns,
1: okay, concerns about the Fed raising interest rates too quickly and causing a recession. Now, the five-year Treasury yield hit 3% following Powell's comments on rate hikes, okay? This occurred last Friday. Last Friday, Jerome Powell was interviewed at the International Monetary Fund meeting in Washington, D.C., and Jerome Powell said that a 50 basis point rate hike could be in the cards for May. Now, let's talk about the yield first, okay? The five-year yield top 3%, okay, which means that the five-year Treasury yield is now higher than the, it was higher than the 30-year Treasury yield. That's known as a yield curve inversion. That means that investors are looking for short-term bonds, and short-term bonds are more attractive than long-term bonds. Historically, that has predicted, or that has been a predictor of, of a recession within the next 12 to 18, 24 months. Now, a recession is not a recession is not guaranteed. We don't know that yet. We have to let the data validate that. But the fact is is that the Federal Reserve, they have to raise these interest rates. When they raise interest rates, it's not good for the stock market, specifically technology companies. Technology companies can get beat to sleep because of this. Okay, can really truly get beat to sleep because of this. And so also with the yield curve inversion, investors are selling out of the shorter dated bonds in favor of the longer dated debt indicating a lack of confidence in the economy. Now, pretty much Powell said that taming inflation is absolutely essential. And like like I just said, raising interest by, by half a percentage point is on the table, okay? So with that being said, this is what we've got to understand here. We've got to understand that the Fed is trying to control inflation because inflation has been very high. When you raise interest rates, that that has a tendency to control your inflation. Okay, so that's a good thing. Okay, because we need inflation to come down because consumers have been getting hit hard by prices. And so with all of that being said, that's been a contribute, that's been a contributing factor to why we have been bleeding down
0: over the last week. Another concern that we've been having is also about Russia, okay? We know Russia has invaded Ukraine. We talked about that. But Russia
1: is suspending gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria, okay? Officials in Poland and Bulgaria say that Russia is suspending their country's natural gas delivery starting on Wednesday. The suspensions would be the first since Russian President Vladimir Putin said last month that unfriendly foreign buyers would have to pay the state-owned Gazprom in rubles instead of other currencies. Why is that? Because the United States and other companies have bled down the value of the ruble, bled it down. Russian oligarchs have been losing money, billionaires. They've been losing money because of this. Poland's energy supplies are secure, Poland's climate ministry said on Tuesday. Now, this is seen by... Political pundits that this is an escalation in the tensions over there in Ukraine. This is not going to help gas prices. This is not going. This is not going to help the price of oil. This is not going to help commodities at all, because it seems as if the conflict is is pretty much intensifying. Intensifying. We don't know when this will be resolved, but I believe that it will be resolved eventually. It will be resolved eventually, but is still another macro headwind, something that we have to deal with in the market to where we have some uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty that we have not been able to pretty much iron out just yet. We haven't been able to iron out just yet now, I want to go back to the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve is extremely important. okay, I talked to y'all about the Federal Reserve and we talked about we talked about you know how Powell said that he's going to be raising the interest rates, and there's fears that he might raise them too high, and all that type of stuff. We don't know what he's going to do yet, but there's one thing I want to show y'all, and it's called the U.S. economic calendar. Okay, so I found this doing some research last week, and so if you go to MarketWatch.com and you go to the U.S. economic calendar. Every single week, they post major economic reports and major Federal Reserve speakers that could pretty much shift the market. So, for example, things like initial jobless claims, those will be released tomorrow morning. Okay. Initial jobless claims is something that investors look at to say, okay, what is the health of the economy? What is the unemployment rate? What are we doing in terms of initial jobless claims? Okay. Also the PCE price index that will be coming out on Friday. Okay. That is a major index. That is a major thing. Why? Because that is the indicator that the federal reserve uses to decide what they're going to do in terms of interest rates to control inflation. Okay. So what is PCE anyway? What is PCE? PCE is the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index. The PCE Price Index released each month in the Personal Income and Outlays Report reflects changes in the prices of goods and services purchased by consumers in the United States. Quarterly and annual data are included in the GDP release. Now, this is important because like I just said, the Fed uses this to determine what they're going to do about inflation. What really is inflation? as you can see, investors are frightened. Uncertainty is here. November 2021, 5.6%. December 2021, 5.8%. January 2022, 6.0%. February 2022, 6.4%. What this means is that inflation is still increasing. It hasn't peaked yet. Inflation hasn't peaked yet. So, So that's why this March number is going to be key. If the March number is lower than 6.4%, it could be an indication that inflation might be peaking. But if I really, truly had to put my money on it, I don't think inflation has peaked yet. The price of oil hasn't peaked. Not not, not, not in my opinion. Commodity prices, they haven't peaked. You know, like, not not in my opinion. So when you look at that, we really got to look at that number because we really could bleed down on Friday. And if we bleed down on Friday, that could be an opportunity for us to play some puts to the downside, keep keep in mind on some things that are going to be going on over the next couple of days. Now, let me click on this current release real quick, because I want us to dig into the weeds just a tad bit, just a tad bit. I want us to dig into the weeds a little bit so we can understand. So let's look at this. So let's look at this interactive data. And so with the interactive data, we've got a table here. This table represents the percent change from preceding period in prices for the PCE, right? And so if we look at it, the reason why you would want to look at this table is because you want to see if you can find some peaks in certain areas of inflation. If there were certain if there were certain categories to where we had certain peak inflation, that could be a positive sign in terms of the economy and in terms of controlling inflation. But based on what I see, everything right now has really been peaking. We're, we're really at a peak level on just about everything on food. You know, we're at a peak level on energy, goods and services, market based PCE, market based PCE is food and, food and energy. You know, non-durable goods were peaking. Durable goods came down, but I still don't really truly feel that good because in total, durable goods at 1.1 were close, We're we're right at that peak level. So with that being said, we've really got to see what this number is coming out on Friday so we can truly make that determination. And one last thing I want to talk about in terms of macro risk and macro environment is the concerns about disappointing corporate earnings. Now, corporate earnings so far haven't been as bad as what people have been expecting. Pretty much this week has been a big week for earnings. And roughly, I want to say 33% of the S&P 500 companies have been reporting earnings this week. Okay, so let's look at the stocks that made some moves after hours, the stocks that reported earnings after hours. So you had Meta, they surged more than 17% after a beat on earnings, but a miss on revenue. The daily active users beat analyst expectations. Qualcomm, Rose, 5%, great semiconductor company following a beat on the top and bottom line driven in part by Android chip sales. Okay, good good deal. Shares of PayPal, they gained 3.2%. They were in line with analyst estimates in terms of profit and revenue, even though they did slash their revenue and earnings and earnings guidance. Which PayPal already reported they were going to do that anyway about a week or so ago. So it was kind of like a buy the It was kind of like a sell the rumor, buy the news type of deal. It was like investors already knew what was going on, so they weren't really worried about it. If you look at Ford, Ford rose four percent they beat on the top and bottom line okay even though even though even though they're staking Rivian pulled the profits lower but that's okay because that's an investment into a business I'm not mad at that Amgen their shares dropped but they still beat on the top and bottom line the problem was is that is that they've got a new dispute with the IRS seeking billions in back taxes that's not good because now profits that were supposed to be allocated to the shareholders might be going to the IRS. That is not what we need to be seeing as investors. Okay. Las Vegas Sands, they dipped about 2% after a wider than expected loss, weaker than expected profit in the quarter, in part to continued COVID-19 disruptions. I'm not really expecting anything from casinos or gambling stocks. I'm not expecting nothing. So that doesn't bother me. Pinterest, they, they soared. They've been on the top and bottom line. They're monthly af- active users. They fell 9% year over year, but they were still up because they beat on those earnings. And Pinterest has been a style that's been beaten down for a while. It was, it was a COVID-19 winner, a 2020 winner, specifically in the middle of 2020. But they've been getting beat down as of late. This, this was a good recovery for them. Mattel gained 3% after the toy manufacturer reported a beat on revenue and unexpected profit for the quarter. I believe this company makes the Barbie dolls. Excuse me. So they're doing well too. Okay. They're doing what they need to do. Intellidoc Health, they sank 38% after reporting a miss on revenue and sharing disappointing revenue guidance for the second quarter. Now, in full disclosure, I used to like Teladoc stock. I really I I actually had investments in it. But when it came down, I want to say my average price was around 122 and I sold it around that level because I just wasn't about to hold it and I really didn't have any more conviction in the name. Since that point, after hours trading, the stock is below $40. Like I sold the stock at a loss. I took it at a as, as a capital loss no harm, no foul. It's all good. But man, this stock has been bleeding down. This stock is probably down more than 80% from its high. Like it's crazy how this stock has been beaten down so bad. So out of these nine companies, seven out of the nine met met endless expectations or exceeded endless expectations. So the bloodbath that we were expecting on corporate earnings really hasn't been as bad as what everybody seemed. Okay, Microsoft, they reported, a great, they reported a great quarter yesterday. Microsoft is the second most important company to the S&P 500, why? Because they're the second largest, 2.2 trillion dollar market cap, nothing to sneeze at. And so now I'm glad because they showed strength in Azure, their cloud-based software, they showed strength in, in everywhere. They have been growing their revenue, growing their profit, continuing to deliver. Okay. Google disappointed on YouTube ad revenue, but that was YouTube ad, but that was YouTube ad revenue that occurred over there in Europe. Okay. Over there in Europe, you should expect a slowdown over there in Europe because of that, because of that fact. Okay. Because if you're dealing with a war over there, global, global risk over there, we should expect a slowdown in certain areas, but I'm not concerned about Google. I'm not concerned about Alphabet. We know that they're doing great in the core business. We know, we're do- we know that they're doing great in cloud revenue. So not really worried about them. So, But there are two companies that are reporting tomorrow that are some heavy hitters. Apple. Apple is going to be a very, very important quarter. We have to see what is going on with them. If they report a stellar quarter, And they give guidance for the first time that they've done since the beginning of the pandemic, that could really send that stock higher. Now, I'm not expecting them to give guidance because they haven't given guidance over the last two years. And Apple has really been forgiven for that. I guess that's just because of the power and because of the fact that they're the largest company in the world. But I really want to see a good number. And I'm going to look at what those are looking at tomorrow. And I may consider doing a swing trade on the company on a longer time frame, possibly looking at June, July, August, September expirations to see if I can get some gain because I'm anticipating a good number. But like I said, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I a fiduciary. Okay. Investing comes with considerable risk. I'm not telling you to trade Apple, I'm not telling you to do that. Okay. If you're gonna trade them, trade them on a longer time frame. Do not trade a weekly. Get you something in June. Get you something in in August, September, May at least, May 20th. Okay, give yourself some time for your thesis to play out on the upside momentum because we're around some key level te- some key levels technically here, and so we want to see some things. Also, Amazon is going to be reporting. I'm not really expecting that much from Amazon. I'm expecting them to do well in Amazon Web Services because that's the most important aspect of the business. So I'm expecting them to do well there. But in terms of logistics business, they're spending a lot of money to be able to ramp it up in the next two years to be able to pretty much be operating on all cylinders, outperforming FedEx, outperforming UPS. So they could still have a good number. Because it's a company that's going to be able to perform the way that they need to perform. But I'm not expecting stellar numbers from them. I'm expecting more out of Apple. And I need more from Apple, really more than I need from Amazon. Because Amazon's been consolidating for a long time, too. Amazon has not been pushing the S&P 500 up over the last two years. They just haven't. So I've looked at a lot of different things. I've pretty much talked about everything that I want to talk about as of right now. Let me look in the chat real quick. NASCAR All Out said, I was in a 10X mover today. You could learn from me. In at $4, best sale was $26.10. OST is the ticker. You say you want to learn, but where are any of your any of your questions for us? Um to be honest, NASCAR, NASCAR all out. I appreciate your your engagement in the chat. I'm really just trying to. Have some feedback, have, have some interaction. So I'm glad to have a day trader in the chat, you know, because now we can learn from each other. I like long-term investing, but I have been doing some more swing trading and day trading because I'm still trying to generate positive returns in my portfolio, even during this downtime. I'm not trying to sit back idly by and just watch the market bleed down. As an investor, and with me, the stock market is the foundation for my wealth. So, since the stock market is the foundation for my wealth, I have to know how to long term invest. I have to know how to long term trade. I have to know how to swing trade. I have to know how to day trade. I have to know how to do everything if I'm really truly going to teach this and really truly have and really truly teach y'all how to trade for yourselves. And so, I really truly appreciate um, everybody that's been tapping in. Um, please let me know if you've got any questions. You know, last call for questions in the chat. Please drop those questions in the chat if you want me to answer those. Please like, please subscribe. Please make sure you like the video because it really, truly helps the algorithm. But before I go out really quickly, if I don't have any more questions, there's an article that I found on CNBC that interests me a little bit. Hedge funds attract the biggest inflows in seven years on the back of market volatility. Now, this is very, very interesting. Because we understand that the institutions and the hedge funds really truly control the market because they have billions of dollars to be able to invest money into shares. Okay. They are able to invest the money into shares. The the hedge fund industry attracted its largest inflows in seven years during the first quarter as investors sought downside protection amidst a volatility spike triggered by fears of inflation and rising rates as well as geopolitical tensions. Okay, the 4 trillion dollar community saw total capital inflows of 19.8 billion during the first 3 months of 2022, the highest quarterly inflow since the second quarter of 2015. Now, this is major because because we still have certain people putting money to work. Now, hedge funds are not a BlackRock, they are not a JP Morgan. They are not Berkshire, so they so they so they are not dealing with the level of capital that the big that the big time investors. They're not they're not endowment funds from Harvard. They're not endowment funds from Yale or Stanford. We're not dealing with pension funds. We're not dealing with you know we're not dealing with 403b funds from education like all the state 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 run employee retirement funds. Like they're not dealing with that level of capital but they've got billions of dollars they can put to work. And so the fact that we still have people putting money to work, this is very, very encouraging for us as investors. Remember, we've got to be invested first in the long term and then come down to the shorter time frame. Like I said before, let's go back to the chart. Before we dip out of here tonight, let's go back to the chart. We're at the S&P 500 index. Let's go to the monthly. We're starting at the monthly here. Okay, we're looking at the longer time frame. (laughs) We're looking at it from 2002. We've had we've had dips, we've had valleys, we've had peaks, we've had lows, but still, but still, the direction is up and to the right. Exactly what we need. We bring it down to lower time frames that gives us the ability to find more precise entries to be able to get quality prices in our portfolio. Quality value, okay? Over the last year, we've been trading sideways, but that's okay. This is an opportunity for us to build a base, for us to continue to invest. And remember, we have to do this every single month, y'all. Every single month, we have to invest into the market because if we're going to build wealth, if we're going to truly build wealth for ourselves and build wealth for our family, It has to be done by design over time, meeting consistently, systematically, over and over time and time again. We're putting money into the market and we're putting it to work. So I'm coming off screen. I appreciate everybody for tapping in tonight. Um, It's been a good live. Like I said, I really, truly appreciate all of the subscribers, all the people that have liked. If you haven't liked, if you haven't subscribed, please like the video. I really truly appreciate it. It really truly helps the algorithm. Okay. The fact that I've got 50 to 55 subscribers already is a very, very humbling because at the end of the day, the only thing I really truly want to do is to help you all learn how to trade for yourselves. Remember, we have some big economic news coming up over the next week. Remember tomorrow, we've got initial jobless claims. Okay. Keep in mind with that, it's coming out 8.30 Eastern time in the morning, 7.30 Central time. Okay, tomorrow after the bell at approximately 3.30 Central, we will have Apple reporting their earnings, first quarter earnings. We will have Amazon and we'll have a a whole host of companies that will be reporting. Friday, the PCE number, that inflation number that the Fed uses, that is a big deal. Keep in mind for that number. And also, one last thing, next Wednesday, the, the FOMC meeting. FOMC stands for the Federal Open Market Committee. They will be meeting and they will be releasing their statement. And at approximately 1:30 Eastern, 1:30 Eastern, 2:30 Eastern, whatever time it is, please look at market watch. Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman, will be coming on live and he will be explaining what the Fed will be doing, how they will be raising interest rates. Okay. Will they raise it 0.5%? If they raise it 0.5%, like he said, like he said that they would, that probably won't spook the market because the market's already heard it. They already know it, but it could still come down. We don't know. If they want to raise it 0.75 or something higher than that, that could give us an opportunity to bleed down and we can still play the market. Remember. We can still generate alpha in our portfolios. We can still generate return. We can still make money in this environment. We just have to be locked in and continue to learn and continue to improve on our craft. Again, I appreciate all of y'all for tapping in. I'll see y'all next week. Remember, don't
0: pay for it. Trade for it. Stay locked in for the shirts coming soon. Peace, y'all.